0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Mondo Show here on the Voice of the Prophets Network, the PTL Network. I'm glad you're joining me today because on today's program, I have a very special guest that you're not going to want to miss. We're going to talk about politics and why Christians should get involved in local governments and voting and what difference can you make. The book is titled Running Into the Fire, Why More Christians Need to Be Involved in politics, I believe that it's time to take action. Inaction is no longer an option for you and I. We are facing many problems in our nation right now. And we have to understand that some are rather unprecedented issues and things that are taking place. Political divisions are driving us into a, what people call a civil war. I believe that the church seems to be asleep on current events. The church has lost her influence in the public square. While the economy is on the verge of collapse, many are voting for leaders that want socialism for our society, yet they don't understand one bit of what socialism is and how is it going to affect our communities. Our communities, our people are at our breaking point. Things like child pornography is rampant. Sex trafficking is skyrocketing. And of course, our borders are overwhelmed with no solutions on how to stop the outpouring of fentanyl coming into our country. The poisoning of our loved ones is killing thousands. Yet, it seems like we're waiting on our government to rescue us. That seems ludicrous. Because people... And leaders and nations like China and Russia, Iran, are making moves that should be considered by experts a declaration of war. Yet, our leaders seem to be clueless on how to respond to China and Russia, North Korea and Iran, just to name a few. Listen, I don't like the idea that we should go to war. But America, we in America must understand that we are living in a different time and our enemies are at the doorstep waiting for the right moment to attack us and to change our way of life. Our power grid is vulnerable like never before, yet the government doesn't want to talk about what happens if we lose power. Some experts believe that if we lose our power, if we lose the power grid, We will go back to the 1800s. I believe that we are in the days that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24. You don't have to agree with me, but all you have to do is read the Bible. Learn about what prophetic events are taking place and understand that the answers are in the book. We need a plan. We need a plan to know what steps we must take in order to be the beacon of hope. We can't forget to love our enemies. We can't forget to love our neighbors and love those who feel different and outcast from society. We, the church, that's you and I, should be awake and involved to be the lighthouse. The church should be a place of safety. But also, make no mistake, that we must take a stand to not compromise the gospel. In this hour that we're in right now, We must stand in the solid foundation of the Word of God. My special guest today is here to help me make sense on all of these issues and more, to give you hope, to give you steps to take, to make a difference in your community, in your church, in your family, in your inner circle. My special guest is none other than the author of Running Into the Fire, Terry Hasdorf. Terry is a former congressional candidate and an executive-level leader with, get this, over 20 years' experience in government and politics. She began her career in 1991 in what is now called the White House Office of Public Engagement. She later served on Capitol Hill for six years, then ran for a seat in the U.S. House to represent Alabama's 2nd Congressional District. Today, I want you to know something. We need voices like Terry's, like never before. She has a brand new company. I know it's not brand new, but to me it's brand new, called Capital Solutions Consulting Company. It's where she does government solutions work with both nonprofits and for-profits by connecting them to government opportunities. She is the author of this amazing book titled Running into the fire. And she says, why more Christians need to be involved in politics. Please help me welcome my special guest today via Skype. None other than Terry Hasdorf. Welcome to the program.
1: Hi, Mondo. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be with you today.
0: Listen, I said a lot in the beginning, but how do you feel about the state of our nation right
2: now?
1: Well, I think we're in a time where uh, it's never been more critical for people to really get involved in government. Um, This is a a season where we see every day things that are so troubling and disturbing, and yet the body of Christ for so many years has uh, taken a step back and not been as engaged in government as it could be, and I think a lot of that was due to fear. Um, The reason for the title of the book, Running Into the Fire, is because uh, I was talking with a friend of mine who also ran for Congress about the same time that I did. Mm. And I asked him, why do you believe Christians shy away from being involved in politics? And he said, because they're afraid of it. They think of it as being dirty and corrupt. And I said, you're right. That's exactly what I hear over and over. He said, but you know what they really need to be doing is thinking of it more like people who are in law enforcement or people who are firefighters because they're trained to overcome their fears. And instead of running away from the burning building, they run right into it. And I thought, you know, that's it. As Christians, we're called to walk in faith, not fear. And that's what's the component that's missing so many times in a lot of these uh, processes, is walking it out in faith.
0: What do you say to those critics that say Christians should not be in politics? Christians should not be influencing leaders, making decisions for the nation, for the culture. We don't want your religion to be the one that is dictating how we should live our lives. How do we need to vote? What do you say to the critics that don't want people like you getting involved in the business of politics?
1: Well, according to Pew, uh, they, 64% of Americans identify as Christian. So, you know, that's the majority in this country. And so, you know, if, if you are uh, looking at just from a pure demographic standpoint, uh, more Christians being involved just means more Americans being involved in their processes of government. And we are a democracy. We, you know, work with, uh, in government, you work with people of all faiths, Um, but there is a a, uh, very large uh, proportion of Americans that identify as Christian, and that should not be canceled out. (laughs) They should not be made to feel like they don't have a voice. Listen,
0: in your book, you write about inaction is no longer an option, and I stole that title from you because it, it grabbed my attention immediately. Why do you feel the urgency that inaction is no longer an option?
1: Well, you know, our country's never been closer to the brink of socialism, and it seems that every day the headlines get worse and worse. And as my friend Eamon Ross likes to say, if you want to see what uh, government and politics looks like without Christians involved, just turn on your TV set. Uh, We are in a time where, you know, we we are seeing this vacuum of the absence of having people of integrity and people who, really care about the people that they're serving, uh, the fruit of that is what I think we're starting to see more and more. And so the only antidote for that is for more people who are doing it for the right reasons to get involved. And if you're a Christian, then you're called to walk out your faith by having integrity. And it's you know something that uh, politics ultimately is a numbers game and if you have more people involved that are coming in for the right reasons then that will start to tip the equation in the other in the other direction let's
0: talk about the people in washington dc because from the outside looking in it doesn't seem that washington dc and the people working there are not concerned about major difficulties that our communities are facing people every day. The economy is hitting high inflation numbers. The crime in our streets is getting higher by the day. Uh, I mean, when you talk about Chicago and Philadelphia and, of course, uh, you know, in D.C. itself, you're seeing a rampant murder rates like we've never seen, yet it feels like people in D.C. are disconnected away from the everyday people.
1: Well, you know, I think that one of the things that is really surprising to most people is that there are uh, good, strong Christian people, people of faith who are working in government every day. And yes, there are tremendous problems that are out there. Um, But there are good people who are trying to work on those things. It's just that they need more support. They need more reinforcements. They need more people who are willing to get in the battle. And I think that's what's been missing for so long is, you know, if you're a lone ranger and you're out there on the battlefield, you can be standing up for all the right things, but if you don't have the support behind you, what good is it? And so that's where we as a body need to come together and, Part of what I really talk about in this book is how you can get involved to support people. Maybe you're not called to run for office yourself directly, but that doesn't mean you get a pass. There are a lot of things that you can do to support those who are called, and that's where the body can come together as a whole to really start to solve a lot of these problems we see happening all around us. What steps
0: can we take, Terry, to be able to support candidates like yourself when they run for office? What do we do A lot of people seem to be lost in the shuffle of voting and and some of the main issues that keep hitting us. You know, it seems like it never changes, but the work behind the scenes, what can people in the ground do for you to be able to help you get across the message and even make some changes in some of the things that are being put into action?
1: Sure. Well, first and foremost, politics is, as I said before, a numbers game. And really, when you're running for office, it's basically a marketing campaign. So you can't expect somebody to win unless they have financial support. I almost titled the book Less Than 1%, Mm. because that's the percentage of Americans who gave to political campaigns in the 2016 election cycle. And that's Americans as a whole. So so many Christians, you know, will step out into that arena and be brave enough to run and yet if they're not supported financially, how can they go up against people that have millions of dollars that are backing them possibly from people that, you know, will have pretty strong agendas for what they want that leader to do once they're elected into office. You have to have people that are willing to give to your campaign. You have to have people that are willing to support you with their influence, their time, you know there's so many ways that you can get behind a candidate and it's not just a matter of voting at the ballot box you've got to vote with your with your wallet with your influence with your social media account all these different things that you can do to get behind somebody and it's really important to vet out the right candidates first but once you know somebody's heart is in the right place and you've prayed about that candidate and you know they're the ones to back then you know, putting your efforts behind them fully is what's really important next.
0: You sound very optimistic about the changes that we can make together.
1: I do. I am very optimistic. You know, here's the great news. God is alive and well in Washington, D.C., and I think so many people don't realize that there are good people of faith in government in Washington and throughout the country. Like I said before, they just need more support, but here's the great news. We're a body. We're the family that can come together around those types of people, and it's just a matter of activating and understanding where the need is and knowing how to best you know, meet it. So that's what I talk about a lot in the book.
0: Do you feel like you being an open Christian in politics in Washington, D.C., prevents you from moving forward because people are probably intimidated by your faith?
1: No, not at all. I think that, you know, it's it's like anything else. Um, there, You have to be willing to work with other people. I mean, you know, in the workplace, no matter uh, what profession you're in? You have people who may think differently from you, and it's about approaching things with humility and mutual respect. But as long as those two things are present, um, you know, there's ways to find uh, common ground many times, and uh, that's what I've found throughout my career.
0: Listen, I want your advice because you're a very smart lady. You've been able to succeed in 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 the realm of politics. You have a business that is consulting uh, nonprofits and for-profits to be able to work with government in advancing their their agenda or their mission, their vision, and their dreams. But I want to ask your, uh, a question and advice from you because I'm worried about our borders, right? I think every family out there, I've been affected by people around me, close friends that, you know, decided for some reason, they made a choice to dabble into taking drugs and and whatnot. Yet the problem of fentanyl and the crisis that is taking place, uh, it seems like our government is not calling this a crisis. It's not calling it a declaration of war because if we've had a nation bombing us and we lose thousands of people in that bomb, that will be a declaration of war. Yet we're allowing Mexico to get across our borders. We're allowing China to make you know business with uh, Mexico and, and bringing the, you know fentanyl and poisoning uh, every American that gets a hold of you know uh, one-time users. Why why is it that America and the government is not declaring war on fentanyl?
1: Well, you know, it's incredible that you're bringing this up because just yesterday I had to attend the funeral of a friend of mine's son who unfortunately got into some drugs and there was fentanyl and he's gone at the age of 30 years old. And it's so tragic. And this is happening all over the country. And this is a time in our country where there is a crisis and it has to be addressed. And the only way this is going to get addressed is if we, the people, put pressure on our leaders to address it the way we want to see it addressed. And that's once once again where you have to know how to best approach people in government. You have to have a relationship with people in government so that they will listen to you when you have something like this you want to bring to them. And you have to have wisdom in how you you know approach things. So that's a lot of what, once again, I talk about in the book is just ways that you can uh, know how to best talk to the people who are the decision makers on this type of thing and let them know what needs what you feel needs to be done.
0: Listen, I want you to get the book, Running Into the Fire, Why More Christians Need to Be Involved in Politics. It's affecting our everyday life. It's affecting our decision-making. It's affecting how people are voting. It's affecting what we're listening to. But more importantly, it's affecting the future, the now. Where do we go from here? Order the book today is going to give you insights on how to understand A lot of the issues that we're touching on today, for example, chapter number one, she deals with this is what they will eat. What does that mean, right? Inaction is no longer an option. This is chapter two. And let's talk about chapter 13. I love this one because you talk about the enemy on our doorstep. What did you
1: write about? Well, I think, you know, the thing that we really have to stop and and realize is that socialism is right on our doorstep. And when you look at our borders and all these people that are fleeing to America, they're coming from places like many times Venezuela. And what they're fleeing from is the very thing that we're looking at embracing in this country. You know, socialism has never worked. Socialism at its core is about replacing God with government and freedom with tyranny. And we can't let that happen here. Listen,
0: our education system is driving an agenda that socialism is good for us. What's happened to our education system that have been given the freedom to teach about socialism and all of a sudden Johnny is not the same Johnny as he was when he left for college? What can we do as parents, as people in the community, as pastors, faith leaders? What can we do to make a tremendous change in what's happening in our society?
1: Well, Mondo, you're so right. And I think one of the things that people need to understand is that once again, government touches every aspect of our lives. And so if we are not involved in those government decisions, then somebody else will be. And many time it's, times it's somebody that we may not want making those types of decisions. So one of the best things that people can do is get involved with their school board, run for school board, or you know, get to know the people who are making the decisions about education in your state inform yourself and and let your leaders know what you want to see happening with this. Uh, You know, many times it comes down to what's on the ballot or what's being voted on. And people don't take the time a lot of times to even know what's happening until on the back end, they see the fruit of that decision and then they're horrified. So we've got to get involved at the top of the stream, not at the bottom. You
0: talk about, and you write in your book, God over government. Help me understand that because I, I I deal with a lot of people. They say, "Man, don't bring God into the issues of government. There's got to be a separation of state and God and religion. Don't don't bring God into it." Why do you think that a lot of people are afraid to mix the two together?
1: Well, I think there's a lot of misperception. You know, the Johnson Amendment was something that was set up. There's been a lot of misinterpretation around things. That's why I have an entire chapter in the book. Uh, to just really go into detail about what you can and cannot do if you are, you know, a a church or you are uh, a Christian who's wanting to get involved in politics. Um, The things that, you know, I think have created confusion is where, you know, if Christians are uh, taking government funding and Christian faith is being favored over others, then that would be inappropriate or if a church is, you know, directly endorsing a candidate, and they are, uh, you know, taking an overt stance on a candidate in particular, that can be an issue. But you know, there are very uh, clear guidelines on what you can do that is perfectly legal. For instance, civics training is something that every church could do. It's perfectly within the lines of the law, and this is just training on good government and what it means to have, you know, integrity in our processes, and that's something that is politically neutral. And yet so many churches don't do that. And a lot of schools have stopped teaching that. And that's a major need in our country right now, because that's the foundation of government.
0: What is the future of the Conservative Party? What is the future of the Republican Party? We're seeing a collision, what it looks like, two titans with Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. What do you make of those two?
1: Well, I think, you know, you've got uh, two strong leaders and you've got a lot of uh, time that's going to be between now and when that decision has to be made. So we're just going to have to watch what happens, uh, pray, get involved directly. And, you know, it's a it's a question of uh, on a on a case by case basis. You have to look at each candidate and vet them out and really pray through what they are saying what the issues are that they're supporting and uh what what it is that you feel like god is leading you to do with that that leader before i go i i gotta ask you this because
0: i want you viewer to understand and if you're a pastor watching if you're a church leader if you're a family man if you're a a a wife that takes action and you need encouragement i want you to give me one more time guidance for churches and faith leaders what can we do how do we strengthen our faith in how to vote how to get involved into politics what message do you have for the soccer mom what message do you have for that businessman getting ready to make a decision to write a check to be able to make a difference or if someone is praying and thinking about running into uh, local office and educational boards What is your message? What guidance can you give those people?
1: Well, I'll just tell you this. I've had so many people say to me, well, I'm just a mom. What can I do? And my response to that is, oh, my goodness, I'll take a a – Mama bear, who's fired up about an issue any day, over a hardened political person who's been in it for years. Because you know why that person who's a mom has passion and they care about that issue so deeply that they're willing to, you know, do whatever it takes to um, work hard and make sure that that issue is is being looked at properly. So there's a lot of things that you can do as just an individual, as just one person. And I think that's where you know, a lot of times people just feel like, gosh, it's so overwhelming. How do I make a difference? And so that's what I try to decode and demystify in this book. I try to teach you where the levers are, how you can be most effective. And I just want to encourage you and give you hope that there is an opportunity to make change. And that's why we have such an amazing country. We have the ability to get involved and make a difference when so many other countries don't. But we have to take advantage of that and protect and preserve it. And if you're a faith leader, you know, that mountain of government is one of the ones that influences all the rest. And so it is something that is so critical. And I just really encourage anyone who is in that role of being a spiritual authority to never discourage anybody in your Uh, flock from serving in the mountain of government, because I think that for so long has almost been something that pastors and and other faith leaders have discouraged and said, oh, gosh, stay away from that. That's dirty. That's corrupt. Or, you know, maybe there's some other area that you, you should serve in. But this is a time when that's more critical than ever. And you have to have that support from from the highest levels on down. So that's that's something that as a faith leader, get in, get informed, get educated on it. And then please, you know, Put out a call to action to the body of Christ just like I am. Miss Terry, I love your enthusiasm. I love your energy.
0: I love your positivity. Get the book today, Running Into the Fire, Why More Christians Need to Be Involved in Politics. I want to thank my special guest today, Terry Hasdorf, for joining me today and encouraging you and I. We must take action. Inaction is no longer an option. We must range in our culture. We must have a change of heart if we're going to see a change. Our lives have to be right with God. We must love one another. We must turn from our wicked desires and understand that the Bible says that if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. Oh, there's power in prayer. And the Bible says, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then he says, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin. Listen, God wants to heal our land. God wants to heal you. God God wants you to understand that he loves you. We can make a change. I need your help today. Together, we can change the course of our nation. We got to support one another. I want you to go to I want you to go to PTLshop.com slash mondo and order products there that are gonna be useful for your everyday life from water pitchers to books to DVDs, everything to enhance your life and be able to get you prepared, get information in your hand. I need your help today. I need your support to be able to bring guests like Terry to be able to encourage us in a time that feels very dark and confusing and, and, and maybe doesn't make any sense to you. But I can tell you that her spirit, her energy to be able to look at life and politics with such hope, I believe, is because she stands on the word. I believe that she prays every day for God to give her wisdom and decision making and being able to consult people like you and your business to be able to make the right decision. We got to support one another. Listen, you support me financially. I'm able to do things. You support candidates that are running for office. They're able to make changes. Stop listening to the namesayers and and write the check. Do it today. Pray about it to stand with me today. And remember this, no matter what you're going through, it's going to be all right. Just keep the faith. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
2: I want you to join me at the Ready Now Expo here at Morningside USA. It's going to run from Wednesday, March 29th through Friday, March 31st. This event will be live in person as well as we're going to live stream it to your homes. But I want you to be here. This is one of the most important events of our lifetime. Absolutely. I believe with all my heart that we're on the brink of possibly World War III. That's Remember, it's right. Wednesday, March 29th through Friday, March 31st. And I want you to be here. We're preparing here at Morningside. It's time for you to be prepared in your house. The Bible says a fool sees trouble coming yeah. and doesn't prepare. Well, it's time to prepare. God loves you. He really does. I'll see you there.